Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. We've been living with COVID-19 for about nine months now, and we've explored almost every angle of this pandemic from the cellular level to global implications. But the latest on our spiky, sphere-shaped aggressor is that it may not kill as many of us as it used to. The virus has mutated, and this strain seems to be the most common strain at the moment. It's found in Australia and all over the world. And it appears to be a more infectious strain because its mutation has affected the spike protein and potentially makes it more infectious. Today, we're looking at the European second wave and why the coronavirus now seems to be more infectious, but less deadly. Over the cold winter months here in Australia, as we worked through Victoria's stage four restrictions and the rise and fall of more outbreaks of the COVID-19 coronavirus, we watched as our Northern Hemisphere mates seemed to get back to normal. Despite suffering one of the world's most brutal outbreaks of the virus early on, there they were, jumping on planes for summer holidays in Ibiza, sunning themselves by the thousands on beaches, sitting around a leisurely pub table sharing imperial pints of English lager. We hoped that one day we too would be just like them. Until now. The virus has started to spread again in an exponential way. So today I set out a package of tougher measures in England, combined with the potential for tougher local restrictions for areas already in lockdown. Those summer holidays are now being blamed for this current spike in cases, not just in the UK, but across Europe. Germany has added the French regions of Brittany and Normandy, as well as the Portuguese capital of Lisbon on its travel warning list, as well as advising its citizens not to head across the border to the Czech Republic following a rise in cases. Bars and restaurants will once again close across Marseille from tomorrow. The French health minister saying should the situation worsen further in those areas, a state of emergency will be put in place to combat this second wave. Scientists have warned that the UK will face 50,000 new cases a day if they don't take this latest uptick in the virus curve seriously. But while infections are rising, it seems this time around, deaths are not. According to UK government statistics, the number of death certificates issued during this period that mention COVID-19 as the cause have been steadily falling for 20 weeks straight. So is it true? Has COVID-19 become less deadly as it continues to spread itself amongst us? To answer that question is infectious disease expert from Canberra's Australian National University, Dr Sanjaya Senananyaika. Yes, well, I guess it uh, also depends on what part of the world we're looking at, but particularly in Europe, that's what we're seeing right now. So, for example, 
in France while you were seeing about a thousand deaths per day. Now you might just be seeing in France 30 deaths per day with a fairly similar number of cases being confirmed. Now, part of that, of course, is, as, as you know, there's a, a lag between the time someone's diagnosed and when they die. But it, it does seem that uh, the death rate is lower. And there are probably a couple of reasons for that. The first one, which I think is very important, is that the age of the people who are infected this second time around or with this current outbreak is much lower. So in Spain, for instance, the median age of a case, it was 60 years old in the previous big outbreak, but it's now only 37. And that has various implications because as we know, the people who are most likely to die from COVID-19 are people who are older and people who have concurrent health problems. So if you've got a much younger age group getting sick, they're much less likely to die. So I think that's uh, one important aspect that we have to consider. The other one would be that we've had six months to learn about COVID. So from a health point of view, we're better at treating it. So I think that's part of it too. So I think in, in Europe in particular, they had a lot of experience dealing with very sick people with COVID, so they're better at treating it. Even though young people might be more complacent and fed up and ready to get out there and mix amongst other people, older people and those with chronic health problems have listened to the messages about COVID-19 and they're more wary. They don't want to get out. They don't want to get sick. So they are staying indoors. So they're not getting infected as well. So that makes it easier. And of course, the other thing is when in Europe and the US, when they got overwhelmed at the start, their health system was at capacity. And that just made it so much harder to run efficiently. And therefore, more people were more likely to have bad outcomes in the hospital system. And that isn't happening now because the hospitals aren't filling up so quickly. Now, some of the theories that I've been reading about this is that the virus itself may have mutated to make itself less deadly. Would that be a possibility? Yes, I guess we, we just talked about what human factors could account for people not dying at such a high rate this time round. But are there virological factors as well? And of course, the obvious one is, has the virus mutated? And we keep hearing about the G strain or the D614 G strain of the virus. And what it basically is, is that the virus has mutated. And this strain seems to be the most common strain at the moment. It's, it's found in Australia and all over the world. And it appears to be a more infectious strain because its mutation has affected the spike protein and potentially makes it more infectious. But then there's also the theory that it could be more deadly. Having said that, however, a study came out from the UK, I think it was Imperial College in London, where they did look at outcomes related to this particular strain, and they did not believe that it showed any association with a lower likelihood of dying. So should we be thinking of this, and I say this very optimistically, 
as the light at the end of the tunnel. Are we seeing the end of COVID-19 now? Are we finding our way out of it? Not at all. I mean, certainly it's it's good that not as many people are dying this time round, but uh, the number of cases are enormous. I think France had, uh, in the last week, they had over 20,000 cases confirmed in one day. So, all that will have an impact on the healthcare system. Even if you have young people in such high numbers, you will get people who will get sick, who will have had undiagnosed immune deficiencies that get unmasked with the illness. So it, it can cause a problem. But yeah, look, I think we it's been such a morbid, pessimistic past few months. So it is good to see that there are some reasons why COVID might not be so deadly this time around. And look, generally, we know with viruses that emerge that if we give it enough time, it's going to try and mutate and learn to become something that's less deadly. Because of course, if it kills all its hosts, it's got nowhere to go to. So it wants to ideally be quite infectious without being too deadly. So I remember a while back when we spoke to you that COVID could eventually become part of our kind of yearly cycle of colds and flus that tend to spread around the globe at various times, mostly during winter. Are we seeing the start of that now, that COVID is getting to that point where it will be a part of our yearly experience? Until we get a vaccine that's effective. Yeah, but I think COVID is, is here to stay. And of course, a few weeks ago, we had that case from Hong Kong, the first documented case of reinfection. So we know that people can get reinfected. We still don't know how common that is and how sick someone will be with a reinfection, but we know that it can in practice happen. So basically, there's some positive outcomes at the minute, but now is not the time to take the foot off the brake as yet. We still need to be very cautious. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We shouldn't think, oh, COVID's now become a very mild virus. Uh, let's all go out and get it. That's not the case. As I said, I think the reason that we're seeing low death rates is because it's the young people who are getting it. And for various reasons, the older population has been protected from it. And we as a, a healthcare uh, worker group are better at treating it. Just finally, we're now nine, ten months into COVID-19. Are we yeah. seeing all of the long-term effects now of those people who initially caught it still suffering from symptoms or from complications from COVID? Are we starting to get an idea of really what the long-term effects are like? I think we're, we're still starting to do that. In fact, it was uh, September 11th was six months since the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic. But it had, of course, been uh, spreading around the world before that for a couple of months. But yeah, the, the studies are being, continues to be analyzed about the so-called long haulers, people who've had COVID and are very slow to recover. And there's some high profile people like Alyssa Milano, the actress who's always updating us on what she's uh, experiencing at the moment. And then uh, journal studies talking about uh, various cohorts of people. But yeah, I, I think fatigue mental fog, breathing difficulties that persist for some months, even in young, healthy people who never made it to hospital because they were relatively mild with their acute illness. They're the sorts of things we're seeing. And we do know this happened with other coronaviruses, but we also know that these symptoms tended to eventually resolve. 
This information we're sharing today is for right now, the 25th day of September 2020. And as we all know, this virus can change up in an instant. So while deaths do seem to be low right now, we're far from out of the woods with this thing. So as our borders reopen and our Victorian mates emerge from lockdown, let's look over at the UK. Don't be like the UK. As for that minority who may continue to flout the rules, we will enforce those rules with tougher penalties and fines of up to £10,000. We will put more police out on the streets and use the army to backfill if necessary. The tragic reality of having COVID is that your mild cough can be someone else's death knell. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Madeline Joanno. And if all this serious news stuff is getting you down, you can pick yourself back up again with a check-in with our Mamma Mia mates, Key and Laura, on our other daily podcast, The Spill. It's about all the stuff from the entertainment world you need to know about, like Ellen's on-air apology, Lauren Conrad spilling the tea on the hills, and how Brad and Jen keep us questioning their relationship. Check out The Spill in your favourite podcast app. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.